0: Do you miss Canty and Carlin.
1: Any time to talk Raiders is a good time. It's just a good time to do it. It's better for the league when the Raiders are relevant and when they're talked about on a national platform. Doing the honors here. I'm Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio is me, Randy Scott, here in Bristol, Gabe Neitzel over in Milwaukee. Mealy Algonquin for the good land, right? Really? If Alice Cooper taught us anything.
2: Oh, absolutely, and it is the good land. I mean, you have? Any, do you have any idea how many breweries we have here? Listen, I know it gets cold, but then we have the breweries to go to, and those are all inside.
1: It's all inside. That's it's Chicago. You know, with it's just a smaller, nicer Chicago on the water. That's it. That's what I'm I say glad about Milwaukee. You can recognize that I can. Man, it's I've had a great time there. Most of which uh, I can remember. Uh, the doctor Pepper call online line is eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. And joining us. On that Dr. Pepper call-in line, his name's on the program. Let's not waste any more time. Chris Carlin is joining us, uh, fresh off of earlier uh, radio and TV responsibilities earlier in the day. Uh, Carlin, thanks for uh, thanks for leaving the front door open and unlocked for us to come in, <laughs> put our feet up, make ourselves comfortable. And, and I joke about the Raiders, and, and I joke about the NFL being more uh, enjoyable when they are relevant at the very least. But they are one of these blue-blood sort of franchises, and – here they are on the, on the fringes of, of you know playoff relevance this late into the season, which is no small thing considering how poorly they started. They get the Rams tonight. It certainly looks like a winnable game, and they've been playing better of late. So have they started to figure some things out finally uh, with Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels?
0: Well, I you know what's odd about it is that they started the year one and four, right or whatever it was, and I think through five games they're one and four, and at the time their point differential was minus five. Like, so early in the year they were losing these close games and they had some just brutal losses that, that Cardinals game comes to mind as disastrous as that was. Are they figuring some things out? Well, I mean, Chris and I were talking about this a lot this morning and Chris's thought is that, um, you know, when Derek Carr got as emotional as he did a few weeks ago um, that maybe behind the scenes, there was kind of a, a wake up call among that team and, could that have been a difference? Sure, I am more skeptical of them being able to continue this run because the Raiders are a bad defensive team. They, that's what they are right now. They have not, up until this past week, when Chandler Jones had three sacks. He had half a sack all year before that. Um, they have not gotten pressure on the quarterback consistently enough, and they're the—I think they're twenty-sixth or twenty-seventh now. Uh, in points allowed, and that's been consistent. It hasn't been one game. So I, the jury's still very out for me. Canty thinks they're making the playoffs. I'm not there yet.
2: What about the other side uh, of the ball tonight? We have the Rams. Baker Mayfield might play, which just says how desperate they are at that position since they just claimed him on Tuesday. What do you think Baker Mayfield's future with the Rams is, or does he even have a future left in the NFL since his fall has been fast and it has been hard?
0: Yeah, I, I, this is interesting to me because just in talking to some people, um, I started to hear that it was possible that he could start yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it was that um, John Wolford's not 100% healthy, but I think part of it is he's, he's really intriguing to Sean McVay. McVay has liked him for a long time. Jeff Darlington was on with us earlier this week and uh, talking about uh, – he was witness to a particular exchange between the two a few years back. Um, and really, at this point, why not? <laughs> <laughs> You're three and nine. Like, is, is anything John Wolfer going to do be anything much better than what Baker's going to do at this point? You know, you know he'll have the wristband. You know that he'll be talked through it uh, by um, Sean McVeigh. Here's the other thing, though, that's interesting to me right now. And I I think there's probably some thought to this behind the scenes with the Rams right now. If you're the Rams, currently the Lions would pick fourth by getting your pick this year. You have Jared Goff who is playing as well as he is. So in theory, even though you got the trophy and F them picks and all that stuff, (laughs) it was, you could in theory be giving away not one, but two franchise quarterbacks in that trade. If if truly Jared Goff, as well as he's playing, is the answer for the Rams long term and whoever that top five pick could be. So that might be a little bit difficult to swallow, too. I, I think they're trying to win every game they can so that, you know, just to ease it a little bit so they're not giving away a top five pick.
1: I, I look at this and we're talking with Chris Carlin here on, on his own show, Canty Carlin on ESPN radio and the ESPN app, Gabe Neitzel and Randy Scott in for the guys and, and talking to one of them here. And I, I look at Baker Mayfield, how blessed, I mean, how, how lucky is he? Oh. Uh, when you just look at the offensive coaches he's played. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is a good offensive coach. He was, he's played for him and now he gets to play he, with his career on the line. He has one of the brightest offensive minds in football. There, trying to prove his own offensive medal again, trying to remind us of how uh, how competent of an offensive coach he is in Sean McVay. And then you have other guys like you know Justin Herbert is playing for Brandon Staley of all people. You know what I mean? Like you've, yeah. you you've got these uh, these quarterbacks who are forced to toil under certain coaching staffs. Uh, and now you got this from uh, from Baker Mayfield. But I want to get to the NFC East because you're on the call with Sal Powell at the Giants-Eagles game on ESPN Radio on Sunday. Coverage starting at noon Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Sal said on this show the other day, and Sal says a lot of things, man. Says a lot of stuff. He said, <laughs> he said it's a must-win for the Eagles and the Giants. Who is it? I mean, realistically, for whom is this a bigger game?
0: Uh, there's no question the Giants, to okay. me. Okay. Because they have the look of a team that's fading. And... I think a lot of us felt like early in the year that this, not that it was fool's goal per se, but they were certainly out over their skis uh, with how they were playing. Uh, Can it be maintained by that? Well, this is a week to prove it. I think it's a very difficult spot for the Giants, uh, the way this is kind of setting up. But um, for the Eagles, I don't see the Cowboys catching up. I think the Cowboys are really good, but I don't see them as good as Philadelphia. And Philadelphia will do everything in their power uh, to hold on to that top spot. I, I think that's incredibly important to them, and they know that. that if you can have the NFC go through Philadelphia, you're going to have a tough time getting past them.
2: Coming up on Sunday, Sunday Night Football, we get Tua versus Herbert. Dolphins taking on the Chargers. Will Sunday's Chargers-Dolphins game be a bigger referendum on Tua or on Brandon Staley?
0: Referendum for me on Brandon Staley is already written. (laughs) 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 Honestly. Um, You know, the other day was a big referendum on Tua, and he didn't play particularly well. This is the first of – this past week against the Niners was the first of – uh, three on the road that ends next week with a trip to Buffalo. Yeah, I think this is a tough stretch for Tua, but it's not like the Chargers are a good defensive team. They haven't been all year. You, you should go out there and kind of get back on the beam and, and get back to how you were playing a few weeks back. Otherwise, then it starts to creep in a little bit. What I'm what I'm really um, not intrigued by, but but interested in is the fact that. If you had looked at this game at the beginning of the year, it had the potential to be the nightmare scenario for the Dolphins' front office if you were going out there and you were a mid-rung team. And the Chargers, as we expected, would have been much better. Can you imagine going out there? Because it's Herbert and Tua are always going to be tied together. That They didn't take uh, Herbert that they took Tua at that pick. And I think if you still gave it to them to do over again, they would absolutely take Herbert. Uh, over to us so the dolphins kind of go in without that pressure so to speak but they need to keep winning they i i do think especially with von miller out that they can catch uh buffalo and win the division but they they absolutely have to keep winning every week
1: well listen i i i think uh you look and your feelings well established for brandon staley I feel like it might already be that way for the franchise as well. I really yeah. do. I, I feel like they've seen enough with regard to doing so little with so much at the quarterback position. So maybe this is all a moot point. But uh, it's always a good a good r- reminder of where you stand on him. And you know, let's just remind the audience and make sure that 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 message gets out there, Chris.
0: Yeah, he's not good. How about that? He's not good. And right, straight to the point. I like yeah, it. yeah. Shorts. I, the same. <laughs> That's the biggest factor for me. When the head coach is the biggest factor for me going into these games and and you want to roll the dice in some spots and you want to go off the books uh, based on analytics and stuff, uh-huh. God bless you. But <laughs> I, I, I think every once in a while you just have to have a better feel for the game. I'll uh-huh. give him credit for a few weeks ago, but, you know, at the same time, when you go for two and – and uh, if they hadn't get it, we'd be absolutely destroying them. So, yep. there you go.
1: And he got out coached by Josh McDaniels, and that's saying something. Chris, Carl, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you again for the time and for the opportunity. We appreciate I,
0: it. I, I don't know if you were also aware about Milwaukee, but the French missionaries were early visitors as well. <laughs> in, the, in the late 1600s, they were there to trade with the Native Americans. Does
1: this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. All right. So we've got the uh, that's Chris Carlin on his own show. Uh, Gabe Nights already Scott in for Canty, and Carlin on ESPN radio. And wait till you hear what Tua had to say about this matchup with the quarterback that he is always going to be compared to. That is next on ESPN radio.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80, or just by asking your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I'm trying to think, who's Snoop and who's Pac on this? Is Gabe, Gabe, uh, Gabe's Pac. That's fine. I'll be snoop. Oh, I'm wow. tall. How tall are you?
2: I'm six one.
1: all right, so I'm six four. So I'll be I'll be Snoop, you be Pac. And and we'll just speak of you fondly. It's it's totally fine.
2: All right. I mean if you want, I can just leave for this, you know, segment no, and, God, and you just, no. I'll I'll dig uh-uh. piece out and <laughs> you, guys got, Car- you
1: guys got it the rest of the way, right? Katie is presented by Progressive Insurance 888 Say ESPN's a phone number 888 729 3776. It was nice to get to talk to uh Chris Carlin on his on his own show and get a reminder of how he feels about Brandon Staley. And I think there are plenty of fans, such as there are um, any Bolts fans out in the Southland, out in Los Angeles, who are f- certainly frustrated with the fact that you've got Justin Herbert on a rookie quarterback contract and you haven't been to the playoffs yet. And and one quarterback that he is linked forever with is uh, one of them in that uh, quarterback, the l- illustrious draft class of 2020 that had, you know Joe Bur- Joe Burrow in there and uh, uh, Jalen Hurts in there as well, and Hurts uh, I think has is, has is, is joined the party. Hurts and 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 Tua, frankly, having their best seasons so far and and sort of uh, establishing themselves as as quarterbacks to be remembered in that class. But it was the, the debate and the choice that the Miami Dolphins had there because both Herbert and Tua were on the board with their pick, and they went with Tonga Valoa. and And I'm trying to remember, and maybe you can remember better than I can, Gabe. I know you are focused on a different quarterback in that draft, but I, can you remember what it was surrounding Herbert that gave teams pause? Because I don't think it was anything on film or anything on the field.
2: I, I don't think it any, was anything like that. It just some, for whatever reason, the Miami Dolphins decided they liked Tua and, and maybe everything they saw that he did in Alabama and, and winning the, the national championship, they just decided they liked that pedigree more than they liked the physical tools of Justin Herbert's. And given the way that Tua has played this year, you know, you could make the argument like they made the right decision. I still don't think they did. And that's not taking anything away from Tua. He's really good. But from a physical makeup and, and all the throws that we can see Justin Herbert make week in and week out, he still seems to be, and I know. And Carlin just kind of hinted at this as well. If, if Miami could do it over, they, they're still probably going to end up, they would probably flip the pick, and they would go with Justin Herbert, despite as well as Tua has played this year. But there's also a difference in Miami this year in having a coaching staff that believes in Tua and wants him to be their starting quarterback and is trying to empower him the best way that they can, where clearly they, they want to empower out in Los Angeles. They want to empower Justin Herbert. They just haven't figured out the best way to do it. With the record that they have and, yeah. and not making the playoffs last year when they had the opportunity to sneak in.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird to, to have really, you know, one of the most prolific running backs in football this year in Austin Eckler and be able to say, just blindly sort of looking at at box scores even and saying, wow, Eckler scored, you know, at, at two touchdowns. Eckler had this many total yards. And you're like, wow, their ground game must be fantastic. It's not. I mean, their, their ground game truly is an extension of, of the passing game. And that puts so much more on your quarterback. And that can lead... It can lead to such short drives. It, it truly can. It can put your defense in such a dangerous position to have to be on the field. You can lose the time of possession battle just getting off the bus when you play like that, and when you lean analy- analytically that way as well, and, and field position wise when you're going for it, according to what the you know Waffle House menu card says on the sideline for for Brandon Staley. It's it's been interesting though. I, I it's it's weird to say that Justin Herbert doesn't get his flowers because I know there are plenty of people at this network. Uh, you know, Mina Kimes, Dan Orlovsky, people who study the film and are on these these shows who, uh, you know, tout him as someone who is better than his win-loss record might indicate, to be sure. But Tua ascending to his level, Tua being in, a, in the right offensive scheme, Tua uh, disproving some of the arm strength questions and accuracy questions and things like that, that has sort of taken the shine off of Herbert. And because these two are so closely linked, it's almost like to speak positively of one – is to, uh, by default, speak negatively of the other. And I, that there has to be room for both of them, I think, to be fairly judged as two of the best young arms in the game right now.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate that we are kind of in that landscape where you can't have those, oh, why can't they both be good? Why can't yeah. they both be? But, but it's not because it's, well, if two is doing this, then, then Herbert's not doing this. And right now, with the way that the Dolphins, last week set aside, seem to be ascending in the AFC playoff picture – and the Chargers are on the outside looking in again. Like, this was supposed to be the year that the Chargers were going to be able to ascend and be relevant in that playoff picture. And then seemingly the road got easier because at the beginning of the season, the thought was, well, it's either going to be the NFC West or the AFC West that is going to be the toughest division in football. Mm-hmm. Because of the Raiders making the playoffs last year, the Broncos making the trade for Russell Wilson, the Chargers presumably ascending and being on the way up and the chiefs being the chiefs and the AFC West has been an easier division than we thought. And yet the chargers are on the outside looking into the playoff picture. Now that to me probably says more about Brandon Staley than it does Justin Herbert. But it's not like Herbert is completely innocent in them missing out on the playoffs. There have been, you know, games where he just has not stepped up and delivered what they need offensively.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's hear from Tua Tungvailoa again as he's talking about being being linked to Herbert and, quite frankly, being taken ahead of Herbert in that 2020 draft.
4: I feel that uh, I've been very blessed to to have gotten chosen, regardless of if I got chosen before him or after him. Um, you know, I'm I'm just happy to be where I'm I'm at. Um, I don't think anything of it. You know, I I know everyone else outside of. Um, our building and you know fans want to make speculations about that but uh, for for me I'm I'm just very fortunate very blessed to be in in this position so uh you know I'll, I'll let everyone else handle handle the the talking with that and uh you know that's that's my stance on it
1: yeah I think two is two is uh with rare exceptions starting to reach you know Belichickian levels of uh what 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 do you expect him to say at the mic? Uh, that That is a, a diplomatic answer, to be sure. Um, there's really not much bulletin board material that you're going to get from a, a guy who comes out of the Nick Saban coaching system at Alabama.
2: Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it, again, I've, I've enjoyed watching Tua play this year, and a lot of that is the weapons that he has around him. But how many people were expecting him to fail? I mean, how often did you see the highlight this offseason of after Tyreek Hill was traded there Mm -hmm. of the ball that got underthrown in an OTA trying to hit Tyreek Hill? Oh, boy, here we go again. Two is not going to be able to get it done. And outside of that game last week against San Francisco, he's been able to air it out and answer all those questions about, yeah, his arm is his arm as strong as Justin Herbert's. No. But is it strong enough to be an effective quarterback in the NFL? Without a doubt.
1: Yeah, it absolutely no, you're absolutely right. Dolphins Chargers is the hot, <coughs> excuse me, the hot ticket. And it's brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards for every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats life happens live. One team has a chance to clinch their division this weekend, and they are still an underdog. How is that possible? We're going to tell you after this from Indeed.
2: What your small business needs is a hiring partner. Indeed's all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. The moment you sponsor a job post, you'll get instantly matched with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description, and you can flag applicants that don't meet your must-have requirements. You will not pay for them, and they'll be replaced for free with another candidate on Indeed. Make the hiring process work for you. Log in and get started today at indeed.com credit.
4: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? We've
1: got just the guy to help us do it. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, ESPN app, SiriusXM XM channel 80, or by asking your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. He is Gabe Neitzel there in Milwaukee. Gabe, uh, plug the show real quick. What's, you're on with Latta. You're at Chimura in the morning. Oh,
2: yeah. Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Check it out in Milwaukee, 94.5 ESPN. You can stream it with our Wisconsin On Demand app.
1: Let's go. Wisconsin. There's a way to do that. Wisconsin Demand. We can, we'll we we'll, we'll. workshop it. We can do it. <laughs> yeah, we can we, do it.
2: We'll, we'll figure it
1: out. 888 <laughs> say ESPN's a phone number 888-729-3776. And joining us on that, Dr. Pepper call in line is Tyler Fulgham, our ESPN sports betting analyst. You can see him on Daily Wager. You can see his... His content as well on uh, espn.com and in, in the chalk section and uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about this one tonight and I, I, I laughed because there was a time earlier in the season where you're like all right Rams and Raiders It's old school bragging rights for the for LA on the line and in uh, the Vegas is at least trending in the right direction and the Rams are not uh, when you look at the line when you look at the total when you look at a, a prop tonight what jumps out to you Tyler?
3: Well, the the total is pretty low. We've seen Thursday night totals be uh, low uh, this season. Of course, the quarterback situation for the Rams is contributing to that. Matthew Stafford done for the year. John Walford dealing with a neck injury. Baker Mayfield has been with the team for all about 48 hours trying to learn the playbook. So that's obviously a very difficult situation to try and figure out how to handicap what to expect from this Rams team. Um, That did scare the Seahawks last week. It took a Geno Smith, Um, fourth quarter uh, game-winning drive for the Seahawks to win. They didn't cover. The Rams covered that game, but the Seahawks did prevail at the outright victory, and it soared over the total. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this spot for the Raiders in particular. They are hot. They have won three in a row, but two of those games were on the road and required overtime. Those are extra snaps that accumulate, and at some point are going to catch up with the body. Josh Jacobs has been balling, but he's taken a lot of hits and tote, tote the rock a lot of times. He's touched it a lot over the last three weeks. Traveling on short rest with the Patriots on deck next week, a game that has far more implications for that team and the AFC wildcard picture than uh, this game against the Rams. Uh, this is a tough game to handicap. Uh, I think I need to know who's playing quarterback for the Rams to pick a side. If it's Wolford, I actually like the Rams. I think they can do exactly what they did last week against the Seahawks not win the game, that's what I'm saying, but they can cover and keep it close against a Raiders team that I've used similarly to Seattle. they got some players on offense that can put the ball in the paint, but their defense is just pedestrian, not that good. If Baker Mayfield's taking snaps, that's just not a great spot. The guy, What can he possibly know about Sean McVay's offense and how to access whatever weapons they have left behind a bad offensive line? So really, really tough game to handicap from a side and total perspective because of the unknown. I think a couple of props that I will – default to or yield to um, because of the game script that's expected with the Raiders uh, winning is that Josh Jacobs, again, touched the ball 20, 25, 30 times. So I know his uh, rushing attempt propped is high. I wouldn't argue with you wanting to bet the over there. Kieran Williams, who is the receiving back for the Rams, um, 14 and a half receiving yards is his prop on Caesars. I would play that over. Um, if the script plays out as expected and the Rams are playing from behind, throwing the football to try and catch up in the second half. Devontae Adams, six and a half receptions on Caesars. Um, The Rams play a lot of soft coverage because of the inexperience outside of Jalen Ramsey at their cornerback spots, and that is something that uh, Devontae Adams will likely eat up because no matter what game scripts the Raiders are playing in, you're likely seeing 10, 12, 14 targets coming Devontae's way.
2: Tyler, if – It ends up being Baker Mayfield who plays for the Rams tonight because they decide John Wolford is not healthy enough to go for whatever reason. Is that going to influence the line? Do we see a slight line change if Baker Mayfield plays for the Rams? I don't think so. I mean, has Baker Mayfield
3: shown anything this year to be better than John Wolford? Um, I think whether it's Mayfield, whether it's Wolford, I know we're not talking about Bryce Perkins, and that seems unlikely. I just think whoever is the quarterback for the Rams, you're going to see this around six and a half. Seven obviously would be a significant move um, to get it to seven. If um, that happens, that's some sharp money coming in on the um, Vegas Raiders and moving that to seven. But it appears that the market wants to stand pat at six and a half. And I really just don't think that Mayfield, despite being a number one overall draft pick at one point in his career, um, is going to make much difference with the spread, given his circumstances, having only been a L.A. Ram for about 48 hours.
1: Talking with Tyler Foljamar, ESPN sports betting analyst here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio with Gabe Neitzel and Randy Scott in for the guys. Uh, jumping off the screen, looking at the slate, looking at the board and seeing a Lions team favored over a Vikings <laughs> team. I, you, I, there are lines that stink and then there's what we're seeing here. Um, I'll ask. All right, let's go macro for why. Why is this line the way it is? <laughs>
3: Good question. Uh, We talked about it on Daily Wager yesterday. We're going to do it again today. But the small and short of it is that the Vikings do not profile as a ten and two team. If you take away their record, if you look at their metrics on offense, on defense, yards per play, yards per play allowed, um, DVOA, all those things, they profile closer to a um, you know six and six team, a seven and six team, a team that's right around five hundred or barely better. They've Gotten extraordinarily lucky in small sample size in one-score games, and that's why they're 10-2. and Um, But their point differential is like 10 this season, which, again, is not – plus 10, I should say, which is not indicative of a team that is as good as a 10-2 and record would indicate. Then you look at the Lions, who just hung 40 on the Jacksonville Jags. Their offense is getting healthy again, and we know the the Vikings don't have a very good defense. You can score on them. Jamison Williams is now into the picture. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are healthy. They traded away TJ Hawkinson, but Amon, Ross St. Brown, and DJ Shark are now healthy. So I think that is why the Lions are favored. They're at home. Their offense is as healthy as it's been all season. And the Vikings likely are going to face some regression in the win-loss column if they continue to play the way that they have played so far this season.
2: Taking a look at that Sunday night game, going into that one Miami, three-point favorite on the road, having to go out west again after going out west against San Francisco. Who do you like in that one with the Chargers catching three points at home?
3: Yeah, I I lean – I don't have an official play yet. Sorry if that's kind of boring here, but I lean – because I, there's two things I want to see. Do we see back for that Miami offensive line, Taron Armstead – most importantly, in Austin Jackson. That's their starting left tackle and their starting right tackle. I think that was a big reason why Tua had his worst game of the season against what is an objectively elite San Francisco 49er defense. The Chargers do not have that caliber of defense. However, if Khalil Mack gets to go up against backup offensive tackles, that is going to lower the ceiling for Tua. So right now, without knowing the status of those offensive linemen, I'm not ready to make a play. I am a Charger honk. I will admit my bias. Um, So I would lean to taking the Chargers plus the points um, without knowing the status, but if I hear that Armstead specifically or both tackles are going to be back, I am open to changing that or at least listening to a sales pitch on the other side, thinking the <laughs> Dolphins have a stronger possibility to cover with their tackles back.
1: All right, Tyler and we appreciate the insight as always. He's our sports betting insider. You can see him on Daily Wager. You can catch his content on ESPN.com under the chalk section. We appreciate it, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Best of luck to all the betters out there. All right, listen. It's uh, a reminder here that it's V Week at ESPN when we partner with the V Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research, and this is game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v. dot org slash donate. That's v. dot org slash donate, and one hundred percent of your donation goes directly to cancer research. It is Gabe old Randy Scott, in for the guys. Uh, the one reason that you need to pay attention to the NFL this weekend. It's not what you think. That's next. ESPN Radio in the ESPN app.
4: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and gold!
0: It's time for Canty and Carlin's Pacey NFL segment.
1: You heard the man, Gabe Knightzel, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. SiriusXM Channel 80, asking your smart speaker to to just play ESPN Radio. Let's get Pacey. Evan, what do you got? Where do you want to start?
5: All right, let's start with there are seven intra division matchups in week 14 this weekend. Whose win in one of those games would have the most meaning? Start with you, Randy.
1: Start with me. All right, I'm going to go with the one in the AFC North. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals and the Browns. What it could do if the Browns lose, it eliminates them from the postseason. Right now, they're hanging on. They're they're right behind the Raiders uh, for that second wild card spot. That puts them in the ten spot right now. They lose, they go to five and eight, and Deshaun Watson can go ahead and just work on gaining acclimated in game speed with the offense and just look ahead to to 2023 and beyond. What it does for the Bengals, it puts them uh, right with the Ravens atop that division, moves them up from the four spot to the three spot in seeding, and uh, really puts a crimp in in Baltimore's plans moving forward. So to me, that's the most impactful. That's the one that has the most meaning uh, because it also gives Joe Burrow – I mean, he doesn't lack for confidence, but he has struggled in his career uh, against the Browns, winless against them in four tries. It'd be nice, I think, for him psychologically to get that win and get that monkey off his back.
2: It's funny because I'm going the other – AFC North matchup yeah. for the same reasons, because when you look at it for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh taking on Baltimore, if Pittsburgh loses. They're basically eliminated from contention in the AFC playoff picture. But for the, for the Ravens, they're trying to, you know, keep the, the Bengals behind them. And as the Bengals keep charging at them and they're going to be without Lamar Jackson kind of saying it's going to be a week-to-week thing with Lamar. Tyler Huntley has done okay in filling in They've, the offense last year. He was able to run for a few yards, get a couple of touchdowns in there. So if the Ravens can, without Lamar, pick up a win and still keep the, or the keep the Bengals below them in the standings in the AFC North, I think that's big for Baltimore.
5: I ask this next one selfishly as a Jets fan. Is Sauce Gardner going to run away with Defensive Rookie of the Year, Gib?
2: I don't know about runaway but he's def- he's my defensive rookie of the year it's hard to ignore as well what Tariq Woolen is doing out in Seattle he's got 6 interceptions this year but Sauce Gardner and the press that he gets and as well as he's played against other number one, you know, when he gets that matchup against number one receivers from other teams, it's hard to ignore that even if he doesn't have the statistical season to back it up. But for corners, we've gotten smarter where, oh, just because you have a bunch of interceptions doesn't mean you're the best corner. If you're shutting down, not allowing receptions, that's what everybody's looking at and that's what Sauce Gardner's done for the Jets.
1: Yeah, I I think it's gonna be closer than people realize. I don't wanna say running away with. That feels like a little bit of, gangrene-itis on the way the question is phrased there, Evan, but uh, <laughs> Tariq Woolen has put up the numbers, I think, in any other year. I think he's your guy. He just happens to break in the same year where Sauce Gardner's had his campaign, and Sauce is going to have a chance down the stretch to have some marquee wide receiver matchups, and if he continues to do what he's been doing against the likes of, you know, he'll go against Seattle, right? So we'll have DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett finish up against Tyreek Hill uh, or Jalen Waddell there uh, with the Dolphins, and, and mixed in this week, he's got he's got Stefan Diggs um, in in the Bills, so he's got these sort of marquee one on one battles that can really you know cement his case.
5: So if Softs Gardner is the defensive <laughs> rookie of the year, who should be the offensive rookie of the year, Randy? Uh, I'm going to
1: go with Chris Olave in uh, in New Orleans, but I I, I do think um, I do think that Garrett Wilson is coming on strong. Yeah, listen, I'll play Kate to the to the Jets fan in the room. Kenneth Walker's starting to hit a rookie wall. I think it was his to lose, and I think the last three weeks have shown that maybe he's been uh, he's been toting the rock a little too much. I think Damian Pierce, same way, he hit that rookie wall as well. I, I feel like both Olave and Wilson have uh, have gotten better as the season's gone on.
2: Yeah, we don't know if Walker's going to play this week, if that injury's going to linger, and then if he's going to continue because he just hasn't been effective over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I personally like Olave as well. I think it's gonna be a little too too little too late for the guy up here in Wisconsin with Christian Watson, who's had eight touchdowns in his last four games. Probably a little too late on the scene. He only I mean he's he's scoring touchdowns at an unbelievable rate, but still only has twenty five receptions this year for the Green Bay Packers. So I will lean towards Olave.
5: Which AFC team has the best chance to take advantage of Von Miller's season ending injury game?
2: I think it's the Cincinnati Bengals. I think as well as they're playing, as hot as they're playing, going and and beating the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I think they've got the best opportunity, especially if they end up matching up in the playoffs because the less pressure you can put on that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, the better. They're still not very good at protecting Joe Burrow, 27th in the league this year in sacks allowed at about three sacks per game. So I'm going with Burrow and the Bengals, the ones that can take advantage the most.
1: That, that would be my vote as well, um, but I'm, in the interest of good radio, I'll say Kansas City. I feel like Kansas City uh, was stung, obviously, last season by the way things wrapped up at Arrowhead. I feel like Kansas City has taken measures to protect Mahomes this year where they've where they've had to, and not having to account for Von Miller, freeze up Travis Kelsey, freeze up any of the talented tight ends that they've been using this season to not have to stay in and ship, not have to stay in and block, and to be able to get out and just provide more uh, receiving options for Patrick Mahomes so I, I'm not disagreeing with what Gabe had to say but I'll go ahead and say Kansas City
5: all right which team currently sporting a losing record would you be least surprised to see in the playoffs as a wild card so we named the five the three teams that are five and seven in the AFC that'd be the Raiders Steelers mm-hmm. and uh, the Browns and then you also got in the NFC I'll throw this out for Gabe you got the Packers you got the Lions <laughs> and uh I think those are the only ones I like, could really getting. maybe the Falcons could win their division. So of those teams, who would you be least surprised to see in the wild card there, Gabe? I would be
2: shocked if the Packers were the team that ended up in the wild card. I'll just
5: put that out there. So
2: I appreciate you trying to placate for me, but I'm going with Randy's Raiders. I think that they've found something offensively and looking at their schedule, they might have an opportunity to sneak into the AFC. I'm
1: going to say the Lions because the Raiders have broken my heart. The Raiders make a ton of sense, (laughs) um, but it's just been a character-building exercise. I'm not going to touch the hot stove again. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the Lions. I think defensively they've really come on, and offensively they've been there all year. Biggest story of the day, a celebratory day for everyone in sports. We're going to tell you why next. Gabe and Randy, for the guys. Can't ESPN Radio. ESP
0: Weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN
3: Plus.